If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals achievements. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Coaches, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine, broadcasting here in Atlanta, Georgia. Today, we've got a special episode, When There's Limited Time, Find Your Best. Right? It's a very important uh, kind of approach for us as coaches. You know, Great results come from great focus, not great variety. Right, so at times, especially in the midst of a season, you know, time is limited. TJ, right? We don't have this this huge amount of time. We're in between games. We've got this. We've got that. Pitcher day. You name it. Time with our tutors. There's so much going on that we've got to be really intentional. And I think as coaches, we need to be reminded that when we have limited time, we need to find the best, and that great results come from great focus, not great variety. So a little bit of this and a little bit of that won't get you a lot of anything, really. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if you've got 60 minutes, you know, trying to dabble on everything, what's that really going to produce for you? Right. Is, is the focus there to really seek improvement or are you trying to touch on many different things? And, and I firmly believe that if there is limited time, you need to find the best. What is going to move us further in the short amount of time? What's going to be the most efficient use of this time that will allow us to grow despite the fact that we're limited? Yeah, that's uh, break that down a little bit for me. Uh, limited, like, l- give an example. Limited time for a coach. You talking about in the season? You talking about in the game, or or both? I'm talking about in the season, right? From a, a development standpoint, not necessarily the game, but in the season. I'm also talking about off season when you have limited time with your players, right? right. You, you only restrictions in all different states are all different, but you get limited time, right? So what are you going to do in that time? You know, here's like a, a training exercise. You know, if you're going into the gym, TJ, and you have limited time, right, you need to be very intentional with the drills that you do and the exercises you do. So if you're trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle and, and build this body and you've got limited time, then you've got to focus on things that are going to give you the maximum impact. So there's two, for example, that like always are almost staples in the training, clean and jerks and the snatch. They work multiple, they, they, they work everything. Right? There's multiple movements in it. So if you only have time to do a couple drills, you do those, you are working on many different things all at once. Rather than going in and maybe only focusing on your legs for a few exercises and you've ignored this, maybe you'd evaluate and say, you know, I've got limited time. Let me do a couple full body, really powerful exercises because those would be the best use of my limited time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you're planning for limited time, you know, I've got some thoughts and ideas, but I want to ask you first. What are, um, how do you determine what's most important, you know, in that limited time? I mean, just go, for example, for a workout, you know, I mean, you, you, I think in a workout scenario, you try and pick the thing that will cover off the most, right? right? But I also think it's, it's one of the biggest coaching teaching mistakes out there is with limited time, we often choose quantity over quality. That's fair. I'd agree. So, so where would I go as a coach? I go to my most urgent need, 
That's where I go, mm-hmm. right? What, what is your most urgent need, right? Take advantage of that limited time to fix an issue. See, this is so intriguing to me because I honestly think this is one of the toughest things coaches deal with is limited time, limited space, limited what, you know, there's always limits to, 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 to what you're trying to do as a coach and limited, you know, when we talked about earlier, limited output. I mean, you can't have them do seven hours of workouts. There's always some sort of limit to it. And what do you actually put into that time is, is really, really crucial because um, I, I think a lot of people kind of go with status quo. They put a two-hour practice plan down and, you know, five minutes of this, ten minutes of this, five minutes, you know, and then you say, well, what's what's most important what i go to so sometimes people have a hard time deciphering is it um a common question is it working on 10 minutes of what i do best or 10 minutes of my weakness you know is it you know or or for instance if you go into a scenario where it's like we're really really good defensively and we have one practice before whatever game do we make sure we we hammer down all the loop all, all the open loops on defense so that we can win the game defensively or are we good enough defensively that we spend that entire practice trying to get our offense caught up those are common really common dilemmas or do you try everything yeah. like or you know right. yeah. or, like let's not ignore any part of our game let's try to touch it all and i think most coaches defer to touch it all and i think the reason is is because it's it's almost a default like Let's just say that uh, we get pressed, even though we only worked on it for a minute and a half, and it's going to suck. At least we worked on the press, <laughs> right? You know, handling the press. But but listen, from what I hear you say, that it sounds silly. Yeah. Okay. So you spent two minutes on the press. What is two minutes on the press going to truly do to change the outcome of a team that's pressing you in your upcoming yeah, game? It's prob- two minutes. Yeah. Right. Pro- probably. Probably not. And and. And that's why my, I'm challenging coaches here. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm asking. I'm saying, you know, when you when you've got to make these types of decisions, and and you've spread yourself so thin trying to do so many things, but you're not really good at any of them. You know, that that's often what you see play out in a lot of different teams, and it's, it's just hard. And I think I think I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to get to the why. I mean, what's the default why? And I think the default why is. At least we can say we covered it. Now it's not my fault, you know. And I know that's harsh. I know that's a little I bit hard. I was just about to say it almost goes to that. It, yeah, like, but you're like, well, you know what to do on the inbounds under. You know what to do on the side. But we were there, like, well, I mean, I kind of knew where to go. You know, we, we touched on it, but it's not like I knew, you know, how to set a really solid screen, how to slip the screen, or how to shape up on the screen, or to, you know, like I just you just told me to go over there, and it wasn't open, you know. And so, but I, but I think as coaches, we might say, well, kind of what we talked about in a previous episode. Well, of course you screen with your shoulders to the back line. Of course you do. You know, I, I put in, you know, that kind of default, I think, is, is uh, um, I, I don't think that's the decision that you want to make as a coach. Is there a little bit of, like, covering your tail that's, from a that, coach? That's exactly I mean, what I'm getting at. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I mean, and I, and that's listen, we that talked too. about this yesterday. You, you should have known that. Yeah. Right? Like, well, coach, come on now. Like, did we really, you know, like, so is it coaches just covering themselves? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, like for instance, let's just stick with breaking the press, right? You put it in for two minutes. So and so take the ball out. You two are on the sides. You're in the middle. You're deep. Okay, so you throw the ball up to you. Go down five on zero. You come back down five on zero. Okay, press break. Got it. Everybody got it. Everyone got it. Everyone yeah, good. Yeah. We're gonna have to do that tomorrow, right? We're gonna see that. Yeah. So then you get into game. They press you. All right. 
likely they don't run to their spots because you've only touched on it for two minutes. So you call a timeout, you get pissed, right? Everybody go to your spots. We worked on this yesterday. What are you talking about, right? <laughs> so now they go to their spots. But when they get to their spots, they really don't know the technique. You know, like, am I pass faking? Am I, what happens when the ball gets to the middle? Is he trying to attack? Or is he holding it for a point guard to come get it? Or is he kicking the sides of the wing? Like, what do you get? So then all of a sudden you throw it to the middle. And that guy in the middle is like, I've never been here in this situation. Five on five. What do I do here? So they turn and go up there and they bounce it off their foot. And the coach yells, give it to the point guard. You know? And so then you're like, okay. So shoot, there's turnover number two. You go down the scenario, right? You can, can you see these playing out in your head? 100%. Yeah. And so so these things go on and on and on. But at the end of the day, as coaches, we can look back and say, well, you know, I know the one thing for sure is we, we covered press break, right? So now if they can't handle press break, but there's a ton that goes into that, you know, that press break. And I'm not faulting coaches because, you know, at the end of, the, at the end of your practice time, you may look back and be like, well, um, we, we covered this off, we covered this off, but then you realize you're not good at this. And it's not easy. Like, it's a very hard thing for a coach to choose how I'm going to spend that time. I've got a powerful question to ask you, but I want to do it right after the break, TJ. Let's do a quick halftime talk with our friends over at Team Snap, And when we do, we'll jump right back in. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's communication tip of the episode. Coaches, I'd like to throw out a question for you to reflect on. If you had to evaluate your communication and you were presented with two options, which side do you lean more towards? Do you lean more towards being a problem identifier, past tense, always complaining, always looking back on something that should have been done differently? Or would your communication pattern lean more towards being a solution provider? What needs to happen, always forward thinking. I think through our communication, oftentimes we may live in a world of always just identifying problems and not trying to be that solution provider. This week, I'd like to encourage you and challenge you to take a few moments and reflect. Does your communication lean more towards being a problem identifier or a solution provider? I think you know which one you should rather be. And if you need to make any changes, now's the perfect time. Just want to encourage you and best of luck this week, coaches. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com for their communication app that is being used by over 15 million people across the globe and helping just get everything organized all season long with your parents, players, and the rest of your staff. TJ, question for you. Should coaches get to the point where they free from a conscious perspective that they wipe their hands and recognize, I can't cover everything? And be okay with that. Well, here's, here's what uh, I think coaches should strive to do every year. They should strive to be more organized, right? Like you, you should know that in preseason last year, we got really good at defense, but we did not cover inbounds underneath, side out of bounds, and press break. And we went into the first couple games, we were lost. So you look to how can I – do a better job of what what was what was too much on what you know I, what what ten percent of defense could I have cut out that really didn't make that much of an impact to make sure we cover off these things, so you know I don't I don't think you should take the easy way out and say wait well, we just can't cover everything. On the flip side of it, I do think it's also another killer sin as a coach to desire to be great at everything. Like this is one of the hardest meetings we have every year as coaches. We go in there. Like this year, and I'll say, Mike and Graham, I want you to pick the three things we're going to be good at offensively. 
and the three things we're going to be good at defensively. I'm going to pick those three things. We're all going to compare. We're going to talk about this, right? And you realize that picking three things, we're going to be a good shooting team, good driving team, good offensive rebounding team, good communication team, good passing team. Good. There's so many things that you can cover off that you want to be, right? Well, then as soon as you choose three, you're like, all right, we're not. We're turning the ball over like crazy. We're not a good passing team, and you're like, well, that's not one of the three. So then you're like, well, let's make it four. And then, well, we're not. Gosh, we're not beating anybody off the dribble. We got to work on. It. Let's make it five. And there, you can't do it. You just you cannot. You cannot do it. Like you are going to have to pick some things. Now, it doesn't mean you don't want to get better at those things as the year go along, as the year goes along. But you cannot pick seven, eight things to be good at offensively. You will. You, it won't happen. It just will not happen for you offensively, defensively, whatever. So cutting, it's almost like which child are you letting go? You know what I mean? Like there's so many different things. It's not an easy decision. But I do think you do have to make a conscious decision to hammer it down. So our number is always three. But I think you need to make a decision to, to, to choose those three, knowing the other things might suffer. Um, but trying to be sufficient in those and things. And what's the strategy on the three? Do you try to pick the three that where you know, like, let's say, uh, item four and item five, you think your team's skill set naturally is going to help kind of protect you a little bit there, right? Maybe maybe you don't do offensive rebounding, but you just know you've got uh, a lot of length down low, a lot of height, a lot of jumping, you know, like that you just think, okay, that's going to be able to take care of itself roughly. Let me focus on these three things. Yeah, I mean, and then the other thing is you have to look at the other side of it every time. So when you make a commitment to be an offensive rebounding team and you send four to the glass, right, you might have decommitted from being a good defensive transition team. So there's always other sides to every commitment that you make. But I think a lot of times coaches go, and you know what, there's a couple things we're going to do really well. We're going to offensive rebound. And then you go over to the defensive side, and you're like, you know, let's be great in defensive transition. <laughs> Right? It, it, it's tough. Like, those things go against each other. I mean, there's things in offensive rebound that can help defensive transition, but it's a lot easier to be better in defensive transition if you send three back every time and, and, and send two to the glass. You're going to be better than sending four. And so um, I, I think that you're trying to make those decisions. You're having to weigh out, and there's so many different good arguments both ways. Not a right argument, or there's so many good arguments, but you have to get to a place of clarity on, on, on what you're going to choose, I think, for sure. Mm, interesting. This this is the art of coaching, right? Yeah. Trying to figure that out and massage that a little bit. You know, the limited time, what's, let's focus on the best. I, I think, you know, this is just a challenge for, for coaches that, you know, that they've got to work through and, and trying to decipher. You know, is there anything else you want to add on this, TJ, as we kind of wrap up? You know, uh, the struggle is real. I want to acknowledge that for coaches. Like, this is one of the I, – I really truly believe this is one of the hardest things you'll do as a coach is divide your time. Like, what are we actually going to do? Because then you look at, you know, building a culture takes a lot of time. But a lot of times, you know, you only have the two hours with players, and you're like, can I really sacrifice ball handling to build a culture? Can I really mm-hmm. – like, You've got big, big decisions. It's, it's like you run a business, right? And you know you decide to cook great chicken but not clean the floors. Well, everybody's going to love your food, but your restaurant's dirty. You know, like there, there's there's a whole bunch of things you got to decide. Now, hopefully, as you get better as a coach, you become more efficient. Your your gaps are are not as big, right? Like you might not be great at handling the press. But you're sufficient at handling the press. And you got to be okay with that because you're not spending all your time in that particular area. And part of that organizing that you referenced earlier, you know, coaches, the need to look ahead is so important also, right? 
how how far ahead are you looking at from an opponent's standpoint? You know, we talked about this, like, you know, you've got one day in between games and, you've, you know, you've got a, a, a heavy pressing team that you're about to face, then that, that's certainly their, their kind of go-to. And, and let's say you're at the fifth game of the season, right? How far are you looking ahead? Like, should you have prepared already for that fifth game? Like in part of your process, as you looked yeah. at, like, all right, wh- how do we start? Oh, okay, we're going to have them. They're going to be big. You know, they're going to challenge us down low. Like, we need to recognize that. Oh, right. they're going to be fast. They're small. They're, you know, every, everyone under six four. You know, we've got to prepare for that. How far out? Because I think some of this limited time in the organization could be a lack of planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, like I'll give you an example. Like we want to be a good defensive team. Okay. And so um, there's nine teams in our conference that will play, and let's just say that uh, this particular team runs um, flex offense and a couple of particular set plays. Well, let's say this team runs dribble drive and this team runs dribble drive and this team runs whatever you just, all these different, well, um, it's likely that uh, we're going to have to train our defense guarding different set plays anyway. Right? So we, we will go back and get their best set plays from the previous year. And, you know, let's just say they run America's play. We're going to guard America's play every Monday and Wednesday, right? Now, when it comes to game week with them, we play on Friday. We're going to guard it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, Mm. in that preparation. Uh, Another good example would be somebody like, um, I think, you know, Georgia played in the national championship. They played Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech runs that, uh, what is it, read option offense, right? So um, they know they're going to play them at the end of the year. And I think it's every Monday or every Tuesday, one day of the week, they have like a 40-minute read option defense thing. So hmm. it's every Monday they're preparing for Georgia Tech. Now, when it rolls around, they're going to have four straight days of preparation. But they also will have hit it 40 minutes over the course of 20 weeks to prepare for that. So it gives you an idea of preparation. Yeah, no, absolutely. You see the same thing, and you already referenced football. But, you know, like uh, you look at the schedule, and it's like, all right, we start – First three opponents, they run the three four, right? But then, we, then we get a four three defense in week four. So, you know, the weeks leading up to the season, we're going to incorporate, you know, twenty percent of our time on the four three. But majority is going to be the three four because we want to start getting prepared for the fourth week. But you know, this is where we've got to get to between now and then. So, and a lot of times, I wouldn't say we're preparing for Georgia Tech. We're preparing to guard the read option, and then when it comes time, you're like, listen. Here's Georgia Tech. You remember the 18 practices we went to read option? This is Georgia Tech, you know? Yeah. So their mind's not going to Georgia Tech. They're actually thinking about just doing the job in that day. I wouldn't reference them to that point. Good. I like that. Coaches, let us know what you think. Hopefully this episode was uh, challenging and you enjoyed it and, and got some takeaways from it. I am Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the Harwood Hustle. Till next time, we're out.